Okay, confession time. I am terrified of a business idea called the iceberg principle. Um, and here's the thing, it, it's especially if I have no control over the situation or only, only control over my own situation, the iceberg principle terrifies me. And I think it does most people, um, but maybe it shouldn't. Maybe it should empower us. Maybe uh, it's worth looking into deeper. And that's what we're going to do on today's Deep Gripping Reality. Thanks for joining us. Stay tuned. You're listening to the show that goes beyond business and offers insights to enhance your life, both personally and professionally. This is the Deep Gripping Reality Podcast with your host, Stephen J. Edelman. Strap in, it's about to get deep. So for those of you unfamiliar, and I think that most people are familiar, they just don't realize it, but for those of you unfamiliar with the iceberg principle, the basic idea is that only about one-eighth of an iceberg is above water. So when we discover a situation, um, there's only we only know a tiny fraction of the data. The rest of it we either don't know, don't understand, or can't see. So the problem with that in business is that we tend to make decisions based on what we can see when it may not be indicative or even completely representative of the full set of data or of, of everything that's going on. So in my life, um, I come across this when, the, when I find problems and um, I'm afraid that the problem I've brought to the table is just the tip of the iceberg, that there's dozens if not hundreds of other people that are affected by this problem um, and nobody's going to address it. And that'll come to the second part of this. So an example is this. I found, uh, I, I, I had to withdraw from, because of COVID, I had to withdraw from the master's classes of um, spring 2020. And it was just the right decision for me because uh, with my kids homeschooling and my wife taking classes um, during the day and me working from home, it just wasn't practical for me to try to keep getting, to stay in class. So I, I had to quit. And when I withdrew from the, from the uh, spring semester, um, I got a I got a letter saying that since I um, only I didn't I didn't do up to sixty percent of my my um, time that semester that uh, I owed back some student financial aid. Well, here's the problem with that is that I withdrew about two and a half weeks before the semester was over. Now that's my my mistake. I didn't realize that it was that close to being done. Otherwise, I could have probably toughed it out. But that's that's a whole other topic. The bigger issue was that the federal government, they reported to the, my college reported to the federal government that I had uh, withdrew uh, only having done about 60%, less than 60% of my classes. Uh, so they tried to withdraw some funding and the college was saying, the university was saying that I owed them about $2,000, which they had paid back. Well, I did the math on it and with only two and a half weeks left, that's like 85 to 90%, if not more, of the classes done. That's that's most of the semester done. I did not. I did way more than 60%. So I called and I said, you know, this is that's on you. That's between you and the government. You know, they owe you money now because you just paid them and didn't have to. And they were like, okay, well, we recalculated it. And because of the withdrawal time period being around spring break, we miscalculated, we apologized, blah, blah, blah. Um, and so long story short, I didn't end up having to pay for it. However, the only reason that I didn't end up having to pay $2,000 out of pocket now to the college was because I realized that something was wrong. So I brought up this issue. 
that made me think, is this the tip of the iceberg? How many other students either don't have the um, quote unquote courage, don't have the uh, um, strength of mind or they're non, they're non, um, you know, they, they're, they're non-confrontational. So they don't want to bring it up or they, they just trust that, you know, the government isn't going to just take their money and the school wouldn't just take their money. So obviously they can trust that if they owe money, then they owe money. Well, obviously I doubt a lot of students are dropping out of the classes two weeks before it was over, but I, you know, it, it made me wonder. And yes, I got out of having to pay, but here's the problem. That should have sent off a red flag at the university. That should have had the university going, whoa, if we made this mistake and sent this out and paid the government back this money, which now we had to try to collect from students because we're out the money, uh, we need to look into this, see how, how many other students are affected. I doubt that happened because the person that I told about it, that looked into it for me, if she did realize it and even on a subconscious level realize this could have been a bigger problem, then what does that do? That creates more work. When you acknowledge there's a problem, you have to address that problem. Or, you know what they say, failure to make a choice is a choice and all choices have consequences, right? So if you know about this and you do or say nothing, obviously that's morally and ethically wrong. But also, um, you know, you can get in a lot of trouble, right? So how many people omit the truth? Um, you know, uh, this uh, Hemingway actually wrote about iceberg theory in writing. And the idea was that if you omit an author can omit a good author can omit any part of the story and the story will actually be better for it. He won this huge award and it turns out that he actually omitted the ending where the main character actually committed suicide. But because he left that part out, the story actually was better and, and received better than he thinks it would have been. And that's, that's the whole idea that there was much more to the story than most people understood that had a lot of gravity on the situation and on the story itself, but people only saw the tip of the story. And so they assumed what they wanted to, they saw what they wanted to. And so I think that, you know, when a problem comes up, so here's the opportunity area. If a problem comes up and you recognize it and you realize that, you know, you're probably not the only one, statistically speaking, you're probably not the only one in the world that has had this problem. Well, that's actually an opportunity because if you can address this problem on a bigger scale, no matter how big the iceberg under the water that you can't see is and start chipping away at it, you know, that's how people make money. They find ways to solve problems that nobody else has seen or thought of before. 99% of, of the solutions that we use every day are because somebody thought, God, you know, I wonder what would happen if this, or I wonder how to solve this problem. That's how you make money. The issue is that a lot of people are lazy. They don't want to do the extra work or they, they're afraid of what they don't know. They're afraid to take the risk. And so they just sit on it. And in the meantime, the problem is either A, getting bigger or B, somebody else is going to come along and solve the problem and make a lot of money doing it. And you miss out on your opportunity. So, you know, I like to say that problems are actually opportunity areas. You know, I like to talk about successes, but I also like to say that if you see something that needs to be done, you have a moral and personal obligation to address that issue, to fix it or to, to, to at least address it. If you don't have the power to fix it, then it's your responsibility to bring it up to somebody who can. So I haven't, I just got the letter back saying that, that it was their mistake and that they're going to fix it and that I don't have to pay back all this money. Um, but for the college, but I, I am seriously thinking that now I kind of have an obligation 
to reach out to the university and say, hey, uh, thank you so much. I appreciate your diligence in looking into this for me. Um, you know, I'm kind of concerned that other students may be having a similar issue um, if you need, you know, or something. I don't know. Is that my responsibility? I don't, what do you guys think? Um, tell me. I'm at TDGR Podcast is my is on where I'm at on social. You can also, if you go to anchor.fm slash TDGR, um, as in the deep gripping reality, there's a place where you can leave messages on there for me. So to do that, I would love to hear your thoughts on whether or not you think that I have an obligation to address this potential iceberg situation. Now, it may not be an iceberg situation, but anytime that there's a problem that I've identified that is that I, that could be unique, I tend to think there's no way it's unique. That's just me. Anyway, thank you very much for tuning into the Deep Gripping Reality. Um, tune in next time where we'll talk about God only knows what. But, you know, I try to post these things weekly. So if you enjoyed the show, um, let me know and share it with other people. Uh, hopefully this and all the episodes enriched your life. Thanks again for tuning in. And until next time, dig deep, my friends. If you've enjoyed this episode of The Deep Gripping Reality, please be sure to share it across social media and or follow The Deep Gripping Reality on social. You can find us at TDGR podcast on any of the social platforms. You can also find us on the podcasting platform of your choice. Thanks again for tuning in, folks.